Welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. I'm your host, Sue Blackhurst, and I'm here to unlock your business's most precious asset. Yes, that's you. It's time to smash through self-doubt and find your self-confidence so you can live your life unburdened by the fear of judgment, rejection, or failure. Through candid, real-life stories, I'm going to delve into the exhilarating highs and the challenging lows of navigating the world as a female entrepreneur. So join me on this incredible journey of self-discovery to confront every obstacle with the resounding mantra, actually, I can. Do you know what? I love asking children what they want to be when they grow up because it reminds me of one of my favourite films, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And when he talks about this world of pure imagination, because why can't children be an astronaut, an Olympic gold medal winner, or even a princess? You know, I think back, and can you imagine a school teacher once saying to Kate Middleton to stop dreaming about marrying the future king? I'm not saying it ever happened, but, you know, it's a nice thought. Because I've come to believe that whatever job you dream of having, somebody has to get it. And why can't it be you? Now, we're going to go back. So I'm about 15 years old. And at that age, talk was either boys or what we wanted to be when we grow up. And yeah, I had a dream. I wanted to be a TV makeup artist. Now, keep in mind that this was over 40 years ago when being a makeup artist wasn't recognised as much as a career as it is today. So there I am. And I'm with my school careers advisor who's asking me what I want to do. And after explaining how I wanted to be a makeup artist for television or fashion and magazines, I can still see this glazed look in his eyes. And it's one of those moments when I just think he had absolutely no idea what on earth I was talking about. But his career advice was actually pure gold. Because he said to me, okay, now what you need to do is to start off by working on a makeup counter in a department store, and then you can learn how to do the makeup on your customers. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking that as a job at all. I've got friends who've done that, and it was brilliant. But for me, it's pretty much like telling somebody who wants to be a paramedic to go and get a job in a pharmacy. And so many people find themselves in this exact same position. I may only have been 15, but in my head, I was crystal clear about what I wanted to do. But there was this huge obstacle holding me back because I was placing my dreams and my future in the hands of someone else who simply couldn't see my vision or understand what I really wanted to do. So instead of cheering me on and saying, that's brilliant, okay, let's work out how we're going to make it happen, I was almost you know, funneled down this path of least resistance. It was like telling the young child who wants to be an Olympic gold medalist, you're never going to do it, so give up now. What's the point? So it's like they pushed me to one side and tried to get me to do something that they could understand and therefore I'd have been settling for something less. And that would have had a massive impact on my whole future. And this happens all the way through our lives. I'm sure, think back to yourselves, that there has been a day in your life where you've come home bouncing with excitement, you know, maybe the thought of starting a career, or you wake up with this genius idea to take your business to the next level. And then you share your dream with other people. But they are the ones that bring you crashing back down to earth. And that's for no other reason that they can't see your vision. And it only takes this one person to make one comment to set off this domino effect of self-doubt. 
Because the moment you start to question whether you are good enough to go out and make it happen is the moment you start looking for and finding all the reasons why you should give up before you've even started. You know, when my daughter was about five or six, she wanted to be a mermaid. And who was I to tell her that it was never going to happen? So we'd go on holiday and we'd go mermaid hunting in the sea. And what was beautiful is the fact that the more she believed that mermaids were real, the more she believed that she'd seen one. It, it doesn't matter, it can be a mermaid, Father Christmas, the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy, I don't know, but having unwavering self-belief is the first step in making something real. The only thing that changes as we grow up is what we actually believe in. Now, I was quite lucky because I had incredible parents who supported me. And they said to me, okay, Sue, if that's what you really want to do and you want to be a makeup artist, let's look and find out what course you need to do and how we can make it happen, which wasn't as easy in those days because, first of all, it wasn't a well-known career path. Um, and secondly, there was no internet, so it was all really by phone. Anyway, we ended up finding this course and I was now age 17 and I enrolled for a three-year course in hairdressing and beauty therapy at a college which was about 45 miles away from where I lived and that meant quite a bit of a commute. Now, bless my amazing dad because every morning he would drop me off at the railway station at 7am to get the 10 past 7 train and every day wearing my white beauty therapy dress and these very gorgeous 1980s white court shoes and more often than not I'm looking this huge black heavy holdall full of all my hairdressing equipment and beauty kit and I'd get on this first train which took about I think it was about 50 minutes to get to Manchester and then I had only four minutes to spare so I knew exactly which which um, carriage to be in and which door to get off but I'd be first off the train and I would run at full speed off the platform up the steps across the walkway to the platform that I was at, that was at the opposite end of the station I'd go back down the steps to catch my second train that took me nearer to the college I don't know why I've just got this vision at the moment of uh, Bridget Jones I think it's me running across the platform looking very uncool and very unglamorous anyway I did that journey every day for three years obviously bar holidays and things I was standing in the same spot on the platform, sitting in the same seat, along with all the other commuters, who were generally businessmen, making me, this young girl dressed all in white, look very out of place. We'd make these subtle acknowledgements, but nobody ever spoke. It's that unwritten rule, isn't it, on trains and in elevators. But they would all sit down and read these very large daily newspapers. Do you remember those? Whereas me, well, I sat there and I'd wham on my Sony Walkman. We all had our own spot. We all knew where everyone else sat. The only thing that changed was the weather. Come rain, snow or shine, every morning I was on that open air platform at 7am. And trust me, 7am in winter in the north of England, when it's dark and there's ice or snow on the ground and those old trains that were cold and drafty wasn't the most fun. But there wasn't one day when I thought about packing it all in as I was fed up being cold and being tired. And although I didn't see it at the time, because we never do, do we? It was years later when I look back on these three years of commuting as a really valuable lesson. 
because that instilled such a hard work ethic in me and that's helped me so much later in life. You see, I think we all hit points in our lives where we question what we're doing or we feel it's just too much like hard work. And I'm not saying that commuting over, I don't know, an hour and a half each way was like I don't know, army basic training. Of course it wasn't. But the point I'm making is that just like basic training has a purpose, it's often the rough times that give us the most strength. So if you give up too easily or when it becomes too hard, you never progress and get to the point where you're strong enough to make it to the next level. Jeff Bezos sums it up for me when he says it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And that is so true. Some people want this instant win, but that doesn't exist. And I love the Japanese proverb that says success comes from falling down seven times and getting up eight. So fast forward three years and it's probably not far off, I don't know, 2,000 hours sat on an old cold draft training winter and this moving sauna in summer. And not only do I win student of the year at college, out of over 10,000 students across the UK taking the same exams, I came in the top 10 in the country. Now, I wasn't lucky and I wasn't super bright, but just like anyone else who wins an award, this was the result of turning up every single day and it was the reward for never giving up. So there I am, I've won this award and there was this big all expenses prize giving award in London. But what I was most excited about was the fact that I was actually going to go to the BBC television studios to have a day in the makeup department so there I have, I've got my ticket to the awards and I got the train down the day before the awards ceremony, checked in my hotel and I remember my parents blessed them saying, you know, get a black cab to the TV studios. So we pulled up at the studios in Shepherd's Bush and I felt quite a celebrity really because my name was on this guest list at the front gate. So I get to the reception and I'm met there by the head of the makeup department. It was a very nice but very quiet man. And he gave me this full tour around the BBC and we spent lots of time in the makeup department and it was all going really well until we went to the cafeteria for a coffee. And that's when I spilt my coffee all over him, which no, wasn't the best impression. But fortunately, it didn't actually affect my job application because I was 20 years old and at least 10, if not 15 years, too young and inexperienced to even think about applying or working in television. So I collected my trophy the next day, came back home, and for the only time in my adult career, I fell into the complacency trap. And I got a job in a local salon as a beauty therapist. But you know what? I did this for 12 months and I just wasn't happy. And I kept coming back to the original question that my career advisor asked me. What did I want to be when I grew up? You see, as much as I actually loved the skills and knowledge that I'd gained, I never wanted to be a hairdresser or beauty therapist. So finding myself in a job I trained for, but it wasn't the job I aimed for, left me feeling quite empty and trapped. Now, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, because I truly believe that what's meant to be doesn't miss you. We are all presented with opportunities every single day. They are out there. 
The difference being whether our minds are open enough to see them and act on them, or whether we've closed off all these other options in the belief that we simply have to settle with what we've got, that we can't change, this is it with our lives. So I'm now 21 and I'm still living at home because I'm on this pittance of a wage. And my parents, I remember, they've gone to Australia for about six weeks to visit some friends and some relatives. So I'm home, I'm home alone, and I'm asking myself how I'm going to get out of the rut that I was in. And I can remember this day as clearly as if it was yesterday. So one morning, before going to work, and I was having breakfast and reading the daily paper. And turning over the pages, there it was, staring right at me as if somebody had purposely placed it there for me to see. And I'd absolutely no doubt whatsoever that my current, and what I actually felt was pretty mundane, life was about to change. So 9am arrived, I picked up the phone, of course, yeah, you've got it, there's no emails either back in those days. And I asked for the relevant paperwork to be sent, and for the first time in 12 months, I felt really excited. Now, remember my daughter believing that she's going to be a mermaid? Well, she has the same core self-belief to this day. The only thing that's changed is her dream. And that's okay because we don't have to have the same dream all the way through our lives. Out of nowhere, in that split second, I now had a new dream. And I knew exactly how I was going to go out and make it happen. If you want to hear where I went, what I did and what it taught me, tune in to my next episode. Not all superheroes wear capes. If you've enjoyed my podcast and want to continue your confidence journey, well, I'd love to hear from you. And it's so easy to get in touch. You can join my Facebook group, which is Find Your Self Confidence, or message me directly at sue at sueblackhurst.com. Well, don't forget to subscribe. And until the next episode, remember, whenever you think you can't, Think about what I've said. Tell yourself, actually, I can.